1: Hello and welcome back to the No Ratings podcast. We have just seen a bit of a throwback Liverpool against Manchester City. As ever, we are recording after the last kickoff on a Sunday. We've got a great roster with us, and we're going to be... I feel like the roster's a bit split this week. We've deliberately got a Liverpool fan on, got a Man City fan on. We've also got a man who's going to sit right in the middle of it all, including myself. Although I will admit, this may be, and it's taken 15 episodes to get to this point, this may be the first time you hear a tiny bit bias from me uh, after witnessing that Liverpool City game. Amir, Belinda, and we've got another debut, Nadir, all join us. Um... Amir, just very quickly, just in a word, just so it gives you a little tease as to what's going to come. How are you feeling? Uh... <laughs> Disappointed. Okay. Um, Belinda? Proud. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then Nadia, I'm not going to ask you how you're feeling because I would like to hear um, more about your story. Because for those who are sat listening to this, they're probably thinking, got another de- another debut on uh, they probably do want to hear a fun fact, but I feel like you've got a bit more of a story to tell. Um, so very quickly, if you could tell us what you do, uh, and then you will have to still tell us a fun fact. There's a rule of the pod. Whoever's new on the pod. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh my name's Nadeh.
2: Um I'm twenty-three. Uh so I run an Instagram page called Uranai. Uh, uh we're literally about to hit 50k. Oh, hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's big 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 um so we started this page at like November 2020 uh it's like a, almost two years now um just it was me and my friend Simon it's only two of us that run the page um literally we just started it for fun, I would say but then we saw like potential and everything and then we realized that it was starting to get serious probably like last summer I would say when the Euros was happening that's when we started like getting, like, good numbers, good engagement, everything. And then I still remember when Ronaldo went back to United, was that last summer, 2021? Yeah, yeah. it was. Um, when that when we did a post on that, I think we, like, it went up by, like, 4, 5K. It was, like, wow. I, I couldn't even go on Instagram. It was locking me up. Yeah. It was just crazy. <laughs> like, it was going to move more. So. And then recently we've been trying to go on TikTok and YouTube. We haven't done as much, but, yeah, it's just been on constant, constant, constant. I mean, I feel like our page like it's getting bit bigger and better, but it's like we can still improve, you know. I always like to improve on everything. But um yeah, I would say really enjoy it. It's, don't really I don't really get paid, I'll be honest, but it's just for fun. Um but hey, yeah. bro, you're getting paid because you're though. on a no ratings pod. That's a payment. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the story
1: so far. Um let's see what happens in the future now. Love it. Thank you for hopping on the pod, bro. And uh, I'm very I keen to hear more from you and Simon. Just very quickly for the audience at home, this is such a wild story. I spoke to Nadir on Instagram like two weeks ago. We then had a phone call on like, let's say Tuesday. On Thursday, I was I was on the way to a shoot in London. I'm in Hammersmith Station. And Simon, who's Nadir's partner on the, on the Instagram page, comes over to me and goes, you're on the bay, didn't it? And I was like, uh, me being me, I'm so oblivious. I was like, yeah, yeah, do you want a picture or something? And he went... <laughs> He went, I'm Simon. I wasn't even saying it like, oh, do you want a picture? I was like, I really need to get going. Like, I wasn't even saying it like that. <laughs> people listen to this. People listen to this going, this guy's like, a <laughs> <laughs> What a coincidence. It's actually a mad coincidence. I'll be honest. Yeah, it was so random. We had like a proper heart to heart for like 15 minutes. And um, I was like, yeah, these, these boys are made for the ratings pod. So, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to see what you guys bring to the pod. Um, and hopefully we can bring some uh, some action and some joy to the page as well. Yeah. Um, also, for those that are listening, just very quickly as well, shout out you! you. I know you're absolutely dying to hear Liverpool City chat. It's coming. It's coming. Um, last week... <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've got a successful pod on your own, so you're going to be chatting <laughs> about this for the next day on there. Um, I might just talk about last week. Listen, the moment you stop talking about City on this pod, I'm kicking you straight off. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's why we got you on. As um, I was also going to say, last week on the podcast charts, on the Apple podcast charts, we were 65th in India, 31st in South Africa, 40th in Nigeria, 12th in Kenya, and 36th in USA and a load of other places as well. But if I give all the places a shout out now, I've got nothing to give a shout out next week. Um, so thank you very, very much for the support on the pod. Um, mm. We appreciate it endlessly. Right. In fact, no, we're not going We're not going to Liverpool City just yet. Last week's icebreaker was, which player is the media's darling? Um, safe from crit- criticism, even if they drop a stinker. I'm not going to ask you guys for your thoughts. The replies from everyone was, henderson essentially um which i think is really unfair but we're not we're not going to talk about that i think henderson might get a mention in this liverpool city chat because i'm desperate to get into this liverpool city chat liverpool won man city nil klopp sent off salah rolls Cancelo lifts it over edison to score salah gets in a scrap with bernardo Silva. first time salah's ever wanted to call someone out for a fight van dyke and harlan going toe-to-toe joe gomez uh putting in what felt like a bit of a throwback performance and Gary Neville said it on commentary it was a throwback game two sides that despite all the tactics and technical ability they both have it was a fight it was a war um and lots and lots happened and I just want to very quickly say I'm sorry James Milner. I definitely tweeted before the game saying Klopp's loyalty Ah, I'm so sick of it I'm sorry bro Klopp's loyalty is number one um oh Amir let's come to you first because I feel like, you know, if you start sad and get happy, people seem to like that a lot more than starting happy and then getting sad. What have we just witnessed in your eyes?
3: Oh, I'm, I'm, I'll be real. I, I don't really know. Um, w- watching that game, it was, I, I think, a throwback performance is like a really nice way to put it. Um, to be fair, I really enjoyed the performance, even though we lost. Like, I just, when I was watching it, I was like, I, th- I thought the refereeing, although there were a couple of sort of poor decisions in there. Like, I thought that really helped the game flow and um, it basically meant that, like, a lot of, I don't know, we saw this, like, feistiness and this aggressiveness and these, like, jewels that we see from matches, sort of, 5, 10, 15 years ago. We don't really see the game officiated like that anymore, very Mm. much. Um, And I know that they've tried to, sort of, change the rules um, or change, sort of, how lenient referees are to bring that back into the game. Um, Referees are normally for me sort of pretty bad at sort of implementing that. But I thought today like, the balance was really good. I thought just in general as a spectacle, it was so nice to see. Um And like when, when City play Liverpool, like you want to see Pep and Klopp get into it. You want to see these players sort of crunching into mm. tackles. And like, in the end, the game was decided by like one mistake from Cancelo. And um, it, like, it was a close game in general. It was just one mistake by Cancelo that, that, um, gave Liverpool sort of the three points at the end um, which is just like really frustrating and really annoying um, given how the game went for City but just in general I
1: thought it was like really like a really good watch in it. Bales what's your takeaway before we start to dissect?
4: (laughs) I just think like like I just think back to going into the game how sort of down we were not only just thinking that coming up against the City side is going to be incredibly scary. Like, coming up against Haaland in the form he's in is going to be so crazy. And then add the injuries on of missing Kanate, missing Matip, having to put Milner at right-back again when we saw what Foden did to him last year. We were, I think we were all a bit down and a bit kind of like, well, I wasn't expecting much anyway, so let's just see how we get, in, get on. Then The fact that we, we kind of go in at half-time still nil-nil was just like, whoa, we haven't conceded in the first half great, honest build on this, like stay in there. It was just, it was a real fight. And I think like to see that from the Liverpool players just makes me so proud as a fan because for we've been rubbish this season and a big part of it's come down to just like the pressing's not been there, the effort's not been there. They, it, it, at times they just look pathetic out there to be honest but what they did today, every single one of them walk, walk off that pitch proud of what they have done and, and yeah they really just gave everything and I think the crowd helped as well, the crowd were on it from I think the first moment that Harvey Elliott makes a tackle in the first couple minutes and everyone just, just gets up and it was just like that, mm. that's what we needed, everyone back on song clop. The, the fans, the players, everyone all singing from the same hymn sheet again. And, and we got that today. So let's see if we can build on this now.
1: And finally, Nadir, as the
2: outsider. I can't lie. I, I thought it was one of the best games of the season, even though it was only 1-0. I thought it was like, it was really end to end. But I thought Liverpool maybe deserved to win, Like I would say, because... I just want to say I know we're probably going to speak about him as well, but Darwin Nunes is one of the funniest players I've ever seen (laughs) ever. (laughs) Like we'll probably speak about him, so I'll just leave it for now. But he's cracking me up in the end there. But yeah, I thought I thought Liverpool probably just about deserved to win. Um, I thought the atmosphere was actually like proper, like intense as well. Like Mm. Like it was the crowd kept going at them. I liked Robertson's performance. Um, I thought Milner. Obviously, we all know everyone Liverpool fans that's their favorite player, but. I thought he was he was good today as well. Um, I thought Joe Gomez was actually amazing Joe today. Joe Gomez like, is so good, man. Yeah, he's so he's, he's he bring it back to twenty twenty. Like he was amazing, big time. Big time. Yeah, big big player. Um, Fabinho, I don't know. It's like I saw the, the levels between Fabinho and Rodri. It was like you can tell. Like like I, feel, I don't know. Fabinho, I feel like he's. I didn't think he was that good today. Not not that good. Actually, that's a bit harsh. But he's. I feel like there's a problem with him this season. I feel like he's maybe physically not eyes not what he once was. But yeah, I really enjoyed the game. I thought it was really, really good.
1: Great advert for the prem. Um, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, what's um what's really interesting to me is three very different people have watched that game, including myself. Four very different people watched that game from four very different eyes, but we've had very similar takeaways in a way. Um, and I think that is probably. The first time in a while you sit and watch a Premier League game, and you go, um, "There's a general consensus of what that game was." Like, often, and I think the reason for that was off, more often than not, you watch Liverpool City, or you watch City against anyone, you watch Liverpool against anyone, and you're left talking about tactics, and you're left talking about inverted fullbacks and what the wingbacks did, and all, and you, you, you're left talking about a lot of things. In this game, I think genuinely. It's something that Pep is definitely a little bit of Pep's kryptonite is when the game becomes too emotional. That's how mm. Jose sort of like overthrew him when he was at um, Real Madrid in that Barcelona rivalry where he just, he towed the line of emotion and going too far a little bit. I don't think Klopp did that today, but I think Anfield did that for Klopp. There was like a um I think Gary Neville said it on commentary, Liverpool played that game like they were the underdog. Like they were actually 11th in the league and City were actually top two and the fans sort of like really bought that every tackle was getting cheered throw-ins were getting cheered um it was it literally felt like liverpool didn't actually have this top team that's been competing for years um i don't know how that switch happened um i spoke a little bit on tiktok about the rangers result and how regardless of who you play if you beat anyone seven one and if your forward comes on and scores three goals in six minutes and suddenly the zip was back in that last 10 minutes, despite Rangers being awful. Liverpool were still doing things they haven't been doing. Um, Van Dyke is someone I really want to talk about because I took away from that game that Van Dyke did something very different that I've not seen from him before. What I normally see from Van Dyke is... I'm not going to run for that ball in the channel. I'm not going to go and close you down in the channel. I'm not really going to compete in the air every single time. Today, Van Dijk said, I'm going to do all the things I normally don't do. I'm going to actually be physically dominant. He was putting himself in wide areas, winning challenges in wide areas, uh, closing the ball down, jumping for even in the air. The last moment that happened, Van Dijk was flying out to win a header, which is quite mm-hmm. uncommon. Um There's
3: literally one point where like he slides and like blocks across from like, De Bruyne. That's what I was
4: going to just mention. Yeah.
3: yeah, and I said to my brother, I was like, "That's who's that? That's not Van Dyke there. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've never seen him go to ground. Um, and he blocked yeah. that there and I was yeah. like, yeah, that's a... Yeah, he, he did have like a... I mean, I mean, uh, Liverpool in general defensively were really good, but Van Dyke and Gomez in there were like... They, mm. they made sure that Haaland was like relatively quiet in it.
4: As well, because like recently, I think some of our issues have been like someone will make a stupid decision higher up on the pitch. And then we get to that last line and there's no one rectifying. There's no one making up for that decision. There's mm. no one saving saving us. And that's what Van Dijk and Gomez were doing today. They were actually, like if Robertson was pushing up because there was times where he, he would, because he's one of those players who he gets carried away with the atmosphere and, and it works, <laughs> it's fine. But there was times where he was flying up the left left wing to press and we were leaving a lot of space there, but then Van Dijk would come over and it was like, finally, we're, we're affording ourselves errors that or like risk taking risks and then someone is there to cover and, and still keep us in the game and it wasn't where one where it's just all coming down to alisson alisson's got to save every single time so yeah that that was i think another positive for how we played
3: well, i think i think part of the reason like why that worked was where liverpool was set up as in like they weren't pressing ridiculously high so we've seen liverpool mm. in the past press mm. like all the way into the final third um and then push on the back line. I think they let us you have the ball a little bit more. We've seen in the last few games. Almost a sort of mid block that Liverpool are playing. Um and they sort of played this 4-2-4 or 4-4-2 shape today. Uh, and it meant that like even if there was um sort of like Robertson pushing up like you said, the gaps between all of the lines um of Liverpool's team, like they were they were narrow um, compared to the sort of the massive gaps that we've seen before. Uh and Van Dyke could commit in those situations or players could commit in those situations because they were protected by the spaces rather than just being yeah. sort of having to defend like 40 yards behind them. Do you know what I mean?
1: Am I am I uh oh, sorry, I'm sorry, i am just gonna check this second. Am I hearing Amea praise Jürgen Klopp's tactic? Eh, eh? Eh? What's going on
3: here? I praise. I in I mean, um, Against Rangers as well, man.
1: You did. I saw the tweet and I was like, I had to go, bro, I had to go shower, clean myself. I was like, what was the scene? I was <got> <laughs> um man.
3: This is old age, brother. I'm
1: <laughs> It was, um, you're, you're not wrong there, talking about the, like, tactically speaking, Rangers um, in both fixtures. I actually think in the first fixture, Liverpool played Rangers. They tried to play a mid block and a high press and it was a mess, but Rangers just couldn't capitalize. The second time around, as you said, I think, um, with the with the mid block, a cent- playing a mid block, you don't actually need to have forwards that press, and I think that was a key feature for Liverpool in this game because uh, Liverpool invited City to have the ball. I think a big difference actually is if you don't have Emmerich Laporte, you don't actually have a centre back that can play between play balls between the lines effectively we miss, all the time. We miss Laporte and Stone so much, man. I think like yeah.
3: uh, against like a narrow team, like if you play against a four four two, like the key to getting success against a team that defends in the four four two is like switching the ball. Uh, I mean, Liverpool did that against... So City defending the 4-4-2 when we don't have the ball. Do you remember a couple of games? I can't remember what game it was, but like there was that game where Trent switched it to Robbo at the back post and then like yeah. he headed it back, I
1: think, and then you scored against us. So like yeah. that was probably one of the best goals Thank I've ever you. seen Liverpool score, but we a never It's
3: such a good goal, but like um, you defended in a shape similar to that, but we didn't have the players to execute those cross-field passes like that. I think at the end of the game, we saw Aki try one, and it just mm. went out for like a goal kick. Um, so it was just like, if we had Laporte fit, playing as like that left-sided centered, left centre-back, I think we would have had a lot more joy. Um, but basically, like with your front three, with like Firmino, Salah and Jota staying in that line, but then as soon as it went out to one of the centre-backs, closing them down and just giving them less time to make that pass, like we were so sort of reduced in our options and not on what we could actually do going forward.
1: What's um, really interesting to me, I'm just looking at the heat maps, and Liverpool have basically matched City's heat map, um, like sorry, the player average positions on the heat maps. Um, so you have Foden, Bernardo, Gundogan, and Aki on the left side. Uh, Liverpool's right side is Milner, Gomez, Fabinho, and Harvey Elliott, but pretty much in the exact positions to City's. And I think Liverpool probably said before the game, "We're not playing particularly well. We're not playing unbelievable." Um, but Salah showed against Rangers that he's he's not you he don't lose what he's had, and I actually think his performances this season have been better than what his stats have been. Normally it's the other way around where his stats have been outstanding. Um, the pass where he flicks it with the outside of his left foot to Jota when Jota hits crossbar, mm. like it won't even get talked about. But I'm going. That's that's the seller of this season, where he's been a better team player, and he got his reward today with what, what was an unbelievable. He loves a mad goal against City, man. Um, he was rev, he, he was all kind of rev, all kinds of revved up today. Um, just very quickly on them decisions here. You mentioned a few decisions. Uh, Nadir being in the neutral here, the Fabinho tug, uh, sorry, Harlan's tug on Fabinho. Was that for you a foul or not a foul? I I
2: think it's a foul, but it's like. It's one where the goal was given and I don't think it was clear and obvious if that makes sense. So like it wasn't like a clear, clear foul. So if, if the goal stood, that Foden celebrated his goal and everything. But I don't think I don't think the ref should have like gone back to VAR and everything. I don't think it was clear and obvious that it was a foul. I don't think so. I don't think so. Because it's like Halland like, not really Alan's not really like even looking at Fabinho he's just like you know they just it's contact sport you know it's just pulling each other and everything like it's normal so obviously now as a Milan fan by the way with Tomori uh, let's not talk about that as well but <laughs> uh, but yeah I don't I don't think it's a foul I don't think it's a foul now nah, no way. I think
3: it, it might it might be a foul but I think Bernardo and Pep have said this as well in their post-match interview the game was refereed in a different so, so yeah. you have to take the context of the game in into consideration and the game was refereed uh, in a way where sort of these 50-50 challenges were being let go throughout the entire yeah. game. So then if the 50-50 challenges, and I think that was probably a 50-50 challenge, were being let go, then in this game specifically, it doesn't make sense to go back to VAR and disallow it when that type of challenge was being allowed throughout the entire game. I think if it was a game where it was being refereed more strictly and, and that was like a foul that all of the players knew, okay, this is like the line, we can't cross that. That's a, a challenge there that is a foul, bring it back and, and disallow the goal. But it's a goal, I mean, it's a challenge there that's probably on the threshold of what was being allowed throughout the entire game. Um, I'm not going to so lie though. Point, go on. Yeah,
4: like you say 50-50 challenges, he was letting go Eighty twenty challenges and ninety. No, he he made a couple of
3: mistakes for sure. Like the yeah, like the Rodri on
4: Salah one. one. Yeah, the Bernardo one on Salah. Like these, these were just the ref being bad. So if you're asking for consistency, I guess he's being consistently bad. So uh, you kind of get it in that sense, but I, uh, I, I, I just
3: I thought he made two howlers, like the Bernardo one and the. Was it the Rodri Rodri, Rodri and Salah,
4: yeah. yeah. Like, literally yeah. just goes right through the back of him. No yeah, I thought those were enough. two
3: <laughs> awful decisions. But then all of the other decisions, they were, like, letting challenges go. But they were, like, ones where I thought it was, like, fair. Like, they were aggressive. But, like, it's good to let the game run in that way. Because then you get a spectacle like the one that we did get. Um, and I thought Haaland's challenge was more in line with that rather than the yeah. Rodri and the Bernardo ones, if that makes sense.
4: And as well though, with that one for the goal, it's a foul at Anfield. Like that's a foul at Old Trafford as well. If it, if the opposition team scores against United like that, that's getting pulled back. And it's you know what I mean. Like it, even like at the Emirates last week, I felt like we didn't have the luck go our way sometimes you earn your luck but we didn't have the luck go go away whether whether you earn it or not today was one of them where we got that luck in that situation even if it's like 50 like you said the luck went our way and we had to go on and make it count and we still did that so that's yeah the
1: the thing I'd say about that challenge is the Rodri Salah one if City score they go to VAR and they disallowed that goal uh, the Bernardo Salah one, if City score, they'll go to VAR and disallow that goal. Yeah, right, so um, that makes sense. So that's where I go like, okay, so in the context of like the game, um, there was a few like half challenges which he let go which I was like, eh, like that could have gone either way. The Fabinho Haaland one, for me anyway, it was like 60-40. Um, yeah. And if it leads to a goal, they often go, yeah, that's a bit too much of one to give away. If, if in that situation... Um, I think there's one where, is it Rodri and Thiago collide with each other? Yeah. And they give it to yeah. um, Liverpool, I think. Hmm. If that happens and City score, I think the game stands. Is that the one that I'm talking about? Not, not oh, the slide yeah. tackle from Thiago. Oh, okay. Um, there was one earlier in the game where Thiago is going up for a header, I think, and Rodri just clashes with him. The ref yeah, gives a foul. Shoulder, yeah, Yeah. That was like a 55-45. I think if that leads to a goal to either team, they go, that's fine. But I think the... Because like Fabinho actually had a zero involvement in what could have been a foul on his part, it was literally just a drag from Haaland. I think yeah. it gets given. Um, I know what you're saying that like the game was refereed in a way to keep it quick and keep it yeah, flowing. Yeah. Um, I just think there's, in my I opinion, that, I'd be. So in, I,
3: need, I need to rewatch it, but like I think another complaint that people had, um, I think um, when I say people, I mean city fans had, were like, it, it wasn't sort of directly as in like it wasn't the action right before the goal there was like a tiny bit of play mm. afterwards um and like the game had just carried on from that point so i think it was i don't know i can i can see both sides to be honest like i think in isolation it looks like a foul but then given that it wasn't directly before the goal and that the game was letting these sort of challenges run like i can get what I like see players mm. or whatever feel hard done by it do you know what i mean
1: it's um, it's interesting. Uh, Klopp's approach here. I've just read his comments after the game. He said, "I think on a normal day you should not even try play uh, against City um, in your normal way. Play to your limits and further. That's what we did. It was a top performance from all the boys, and that's why we could win it." There's been an interesting change in his dialogue in the last couple of weeks, where I think he's, he's sensing.
3: A Twitter user. On my <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean he's cracked the code again.
3: Um, I started helping them when they beat us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I think there is a bit of a shift in his idea recently where I think he senses that Liverpool are a long way behind City. They're a long way off the title. And all this talk has been made up about, obviously this week, which I think his comments are right, that City and Newcastle do have more spending power than Liverpool. I don't think that's completely incorrect, but people are unhappy. I think he's going, if we go backs against the wall, we'll get this atmosphere at Anfield. We'll get that. The Liverpool, the people of Liverpool love being the underdog. And I think he's almost trying to unlock what he had in the earlier years of Klopp, where when you'd play City, when we beat City 4-3 in the Champions League, those or in the league, I think, those games were like, Jesus, Anfield were sucking the ball into the net. In more recent times, City can turn up and it feels like two juggernauts and they could play on any pitch and anything could happen. And I think he's flipped the psyche a little bit and gone, let's not let that happen. Because on their day they're gonna beat us because we're not playing very well. Um on the flip side, uh Omea, I'm gonna give you a moment to talk about this. Nadir, tactically, do we dare say Pep got this one wrong? I don't
2: know, know, because in the back, I, with Ake and Akanji is like I feel like they've been in good form, especially Akanji. But like we saw their flaws today, especially. I thought Akanji was like he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't good. Um mm. Now he wasn't he we saw his flaws today. Um but I thought Pep got it wrong. I thought he was I don't know why he starts um Gundo and KDB together. I thought Marvis maybe should have started, even though I know marvis hasn't been in good form as well. Um but yeah, Pep Pep played a high line. The mid block wasn't as good. I don't know, Pep with with Pep when he going to Anfield, I always feel like there's a mistake in him. So I don't know, I don't, I don't feel like... It reminded me of that Vim Mujid game from last season when Pep played um, Man City. <laughs> it reminded me of that. I mean, I don't know, I love Pep. I think Pep's like a better manager than Klopp, but yeah, today today he definitely... I will take that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, hey my bro.
1: No, I'll, take from... I'll take three <laughs> points. <laughs> I'll take three points. I, I saw you see <laughs> a mere sigh and you shit yourself you like, he's coming. No, no, even, I saw the mean. head movements, you know, I was like, let me just say it. I don't
3: think, like, our actual setup was flawed, but I do think, like, possibly personnel, I don't think we could have controlled our centre-backs being out. I think that sort of had us struggling a little bit. Um And I don't know, I, I didn't like Cancelo sort of high and wide on the right. I think, I've said it before, but I've always liked Cancelo either as, like, a wide left player, um sort of like playing almost like a left winger. Uh or I've liked him playing like really narrow, like a central midfielder um, or playing next to Rodri. Um so I thought that would have been useful if he played in either of those positions. Um I I don't know. Like, I like I do agree uh with Nadir in sort of maybe the Mares shout. And uh Mahrez is really sort of kind of out of form at the moment. Um I think in the last couple of games he's been playing a little bit better but I just think sort of a player with the left foot holding width on that side um, would have been useful in combining with De Bruyne a little bit um, just because we've seen that before like the left foot goes inside and then De Bruyne overlaps on the right crosses it in and Harlan scored quite a few goals using that sort of pattern of play this season um, I just think we were a little bit naive as well uh, in terms of the goal like and, and in terms of the counter attacks um, like Cancelo should be so like he is so good on the ball and he should be able to sort of pluck that out of the air and, and bring it down. But his defensive awareness at times can let him down. Um so maybe just not commit as many players forward on a set piece like that. Um but there's not too much that you can say like that Klopp I mean that sorry, that Pep did that was massively wrong. It was more sort of Klopp actually settled really well. Uh City didn't have all of the players that they needed, and then maybe Sort of Mares or a winger not being played on the right wing is like where you can point um, sort of a flaw out uh, in terms of Pep's general selection.
4: One of the like um, sort of attacking position maps that kind of came up uh, at about I think it was about half time or somewhere in the middle of the game. It showed that like De Bruyne and Cancelo were both like hugging. I don't want to say double teaming, but like we both like. Uh, yeah overloading that right-hand flank, so Robertson's side. And I was just wondering why was it not possible to kind of do that on the left? Because it was Gundogan and Bernardo Silva who the two were kind of sitting a bit deeper. And for me, as an opposition fan, I'm terrified of Bernardo Silva when he gets in those pockets, when he gets in those Mm. half spaces. I I think, you know, he's got like a wand of the left foot. So, I, I, in my opinion, I, I would, I want to say Pep got it wrong because I think you're right in saying that Klopp really managed to settle well. I just think like if you managed to get Bernardo Silva closest to goal, like he did in the second half when you had him and Foden on that left hand side, I think that was more dangerous than the first half.
3: I, I would agree with that. I would just say <coughs> the only counter sort of argument to that would be Bernardo was playing. Oh, so Pep would have played Bernardo deeper next to Rodri because of mm. his press resistance um, and his ability to build play in that way. Um, and I suppose to be fair Gundogan can do that as well but Gundogan's a better poacher uh, and he's better arriving Mm. into the box and scoring Uh, Bernardo we've seen it over the last three or four years in massive Champions League games or in games against Liverpool he's always the one to receive it from the centre-backs and dribble past one or two players really deep and and resist uh, pressure in that way so um, I don't know it it made sense that the two in there should have been um, Rodri and Bernardo when we saw Bernardo push up in the second half, like he was combining really well with Foden, um, but it did leave us a bit more open, uh, to Liverpool counter attacking against us in it. So, I don't know. It's just such like a fine margins game. Like if it ended no-no, yeah. I don't think
1: it would have been like a shock. I think it would have been deserved even. I think the the thing is with the Bernardo shout. Um, I think Pep starts Bernardo. Um, so obviously, so he can receive the ball on the half turn, get City playing, and he's press resistant. But Liverpool didn't press, and I think that's that's what basically allowed um, Liverpool to be better tactically set up than what City were. I don't actually think Pep got it wrong. Pep prepped for everything he knows about Liverpool up until this point, and Liverpool played a completely different way to what Liverpool would normally play against City or any team in the league for that matter. Um, and so therefore, Bernardo being the one who can receive the ball in a half turn and is press resistant, actually wasn't required that much today because he actually was the one who was sort of pinching, especially in the second half, pinching the ball back in high areas and ensuring that City keep the pressure on. Um, So I think in that sense, like, I wouldn't say entirely Klopp outdid uh, Pep. Uh, I think it was uh, uh, the atmosphere... The system changed. Liverpool finally looked like they were up for a game of football this season. It's taken nine games to get to this point. It's because um, it's,
3: it's because it's against Man City, though, as well, like Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah man. I think I think like that. There was a quote from Pep, sort of after the game as well, where he said after City's goal was disallowed, like the real Anfield woke up, yeah. And, like, um like the atmosphere was crazy after that, it, and like
1: it was classic, uh, like. Um, I, th- there's a few moments that come to my mind, but if you remember Lampard having a tussle with Klopp on the touchline when yeah. he was Chelsea manager, if you remember, yeah. Klopp just woke up and Liverpool battered Chelsea that day. Even um, I
3: think there was an Arsenal Arteta.
1: Arteta, the, yeah, the, there's an Arteta well. situation. Mm-hmm. Um, over the years, it would be Sir Alex Ferguson. Like you'd get a goal that was perfectly fine chalked off, and suddenly, like you're like, oh man now we're, we're yeah, going to lose.
3: It's like it's scripted. Like, you know that Yeah. the game just sort of flipping. Like, hey,
1: yeah. I'll tell you what I thought was scripted. When Darwin Nunez came on, I was like, it's scripted that my man's going to get the second oh, goal and wrap it up, but... Did dude, you see that one
3: shot, like, I, There was one <laughs> shot where, it, it honestly, it seemed like... It seemed like his controller died or something. Like, his shot just...
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah like, he, he like half-pound. I mean, he, like, he like red time the finish. <laughs> like, he was just awful. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I actually like him, so I'll, I'll chill on him, but like... He gets
2: in such good positions And then he, mm. he's just lacking the last touch Like <laughs> massively No no he's, he's <laughs> like the funniest guy You'll see in a pitch Like I don't think he means Like he means everything he does Which is the funniest thing as well Like I think there was one bit where I think it was a three on one When he should have squared it to Salah And it's like That wasn't even the funny part The funny part was the shot that he took after yeah, <laughs> it was like, that's what I'm talking about Yeah talking that shot me. was like Like what are you doing Like <laughs> but yeah. But then there was another chance where he should have squared it to Cavalho, I thought, instead of passing yeah. it to Trent, I was like, oh, shit, the, Carvalho, oh that, that was actually brilliant. That was actually That's better. Was yeah, yeah, what he did was yeah. better. Yeah, but if, I thought if he passed it to Cavalho a bit earlier, Cavalho would have had more space and more time. But
4: but, but if Trent had read what Nunes was doing, which I don't think he did, because I don't think anybody knows what Nunes is doing. I don't even think no. no. Nunes knows That's what Nunes fact. is doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. But like, there's a tweet I just saw. It's like, uh, Nunes, ball is... Chaos Ball is the funniest program on sporting television at the moment, and it's so yeah, true. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. but yeah,
4: that, that, that would have been like one of the best assists because he runs down as well. I, I think that's the one where he runs away from yeah. like one of your centre yeah. packs and he yeah. gets in there. Yeah, it, you right? know, with,
3: with Liverpool, like they've always, like, through Klopp's era, they've always been a team that like excel, like uh, with players that have like a really good understanding between each other, like Robertson, Mane, uh, Chen, mm. um, Henderson, Salah, like Firmino, with all of them. So, like, they play a game that's really based on, like, their on-field chemistry um, rather than strict, like, patterns. Nunes is, like, he, he has, like, red links. There's no chemistry with anyone yet. <laughs> uh, and, like, no one knows what's going on. Um, if anyone ever figures out, like, what Nunes is doing, like, I think he'll be insane. Like, he has the <laughs> right tools and he's getting in the right zones. Uh, but just watching him, like, in this Liverpool team, it's, like, it's really fun. I-, I hope he does well. I think he has the ability to do well. Uh, but it's just yeah it is funny to watch at the moment isn't it
1: he's just completely unpredictable like <laughs> he's like he picks the he picks the ball up in that 3v1 I was screaming square but in my head I fully knew for a fact that he was shooting and I was like my gee like why do I know you're going to make the worst choice ever <laughs> <laughs> no, that is um, so true and his shot was horrific like it was like there's a defender right in front of you like you cannot shoot through people bro um <laughs> he, honestly he reminds me of a five a side player like he yeah, can yeah. only play this way and he can get past ob- objects but he can't actually see what the objects are <laughs> <laughs> um but he's got the makeup of like a like he's a threat he's a constant threat like he yeah. comes on and I, th- I just saw the xg numbers actually that uh, someone tweeted saying Liverpool got away from City too many times on the counter. I think those numbers are massively inflated by Nunez because he came on, I think it was four situations where he gets clear. Um, mm. He causes panic for <laughs> his own fans and rival Everyone. fans. Yeah. Um, so I think if he gets it right, like as as Amir said, like psh, the, the kid's going to be unbelievable. Um, just quickly, Liverpool are now 10 points behind City in second um, with a game in hand. Let's say Liverpool win that game, that's seven. Uh, this isn't me saying Liverpool will catch City, but we had someone on the pod, I think it was Hajj last week, who said if there's any team in the Premier League aside from City that can go and win thirty points out of thirty, it's probably Liverpool. Now this is a different Liverpool to the one we've seen, but that doesn't I don't think that's completely out of their reach because of the quality they've got. Um I think so what, it's what is it? has been ten games now. Um
2: Liverpool so have played nine. Liverpool played nine, okay. Um I think there's a chance, but it's like to be honest, I think I think right now, if you asked me, who's more likely to win the league, Arsenal or Liverpool? It's like it sounds crazy, but I'd probably say Arsenal, which is which is that would answer the question. I would say so. Yeah, I, th- I think Liverpool sh- can. I don't. know, I've seen people say Liverpool won't get top four. I still think Liverpool hundred percent get top four. But in terms of a title, um, I think let's just see what happens to the World Cup. Let's see because I know Liverpool still have to play at like Tottenham. And a few other games, so Zamba, yeah. Yeah, Jota got injured, yeah. And without Luis yeah, Diaz, now, really yeah, yeah.
3: I like how, how are you like one win away from being fifth, and you like this is the third game that you've won.
1: <laughs> crazy, bro, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah like... <laughs> <laughs> <Hey, laughs> no, the to
3: nah, this they, they've tricked us all, they give us a classic <laughs> game. One classic game, and we're just supposed to forget the last nine games, the last eight games. (laughs) This league is rubbish. Look at the table;
4: (laughs) it's awful. City (laughs) problem,
3: and then Chelsea are there, and then it's just it's looking not good, man.
4: But yeah, Um, this this is what I mean. Like baby steps. We we take it it, uh, against Rangers was the first time we've won away from home this season as well. So at least we've got that kind of off our back now. Big big win against City that, that should be a good boost. So. Yeah, like I said, babe. we we I think it's the same same situation every year with Liverpool. We just need to keep on top of the injuries. The injuries are gonna come throughout the whole season. That's what always happens in football. It's just about the revolving door. You know, can we keep Tiago fit for X amount? And then when he's out, can we have Cater back? And if Cater's out, can we have the numbers to fill in? Same with the front three now. Now Jota seems out and Luis Diaz seems out. You know, can we just keep on top of what those injuries are uh, and then that's how determine how well we do
1: let's quickly touch on Leeds and Arsenal because Arsenal fans I mean we speak about Arsenal every single week because at the moment there's no crack showing um Amir you mentioned before that there's been a lot of chaos I just saw the XG numbers and Leeds were all over Arsenal in terms of XG but Arsenal once again Mm -hmm. um got three points out somewhere now they're four points clear of uh City and if I'm not wrong their fixtures are not bad I'll have a quick look right now give me two seconds Mm -hmm. um Southampton at home, so Southampton away, which right now is a, an easy game. Forest at home, Chelsea away which, will, away, which will be interesting, and then Wolves away. Before the international break, you'd say Arsenal could win four of five. Um, Chelsea and, I and think, Southampton
3: might have might have something for them. Oh,
1: bro, Southampton this season, like, and yeah. and City. To be fair, City probably win every game until the World Cup as well. Brighton at home, Leicester away, Fulham at home, and then Brentford. Um, so mm. it, it, going into the international break, it's likely to be. Either a four point lead or maybe a two point lead for Arsenal. Uh Nadea, Arsenal keep rolling on.
2: Yeah, they do. Uh, but I thought today was one of their worst games, if I'm if I'm being honest, when I was watching the game. I thought Leeds definitely deserved to get a draw. Definitely. Um even though I'm not his biggest fan, I thought Gabriel was like amazing. And I thought the opposite for Saliba. Saliba was a bit shaky in parts, even though Saliba's probably been the best centre back. I'm not trying to. Sorry about that, Liverpool fans. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, but I thought today I, didn't, I We saw some like it's like today Arsenal City. We saw like some weaknesses from both teams, especially because it's like they both went to like stadiums. Like Leeds is like when Leeds are on it, I feel like they're one of the toughest teams to play against yeah. in the league. Um, Jesse March is like a really really good coach. But mm. yeah, I thought I thought Arsenal Arsenal were a bit lucky today. But you need luck some games. So yeah.
3: I will say that the weaknesses, I think the weaknesses that city had were more like intangible things like Liverpool and city having the history, like Anfield as a stadium, um, sort of the intensity that, that Liverpool brought. I think the weaknesses that Arsenal uh, displayed today were more tactical. Um, and I'm like, mm. I'm writing this long thing right now, uh, at the moment about, it's basically like an opposition scout piece about like everything, Arsenal. Um, and like a lot of the things that Leeds did well today, like I had identified like in the last week myself, um, in the like the one pressing shape and and sort of marking party out of the game, um, really playing quite high and aggressive on Arsenal to stop them finding their players uh, was like really successful. Um, and a lot of times this season, teams have given Arsenal the ball and let them play. Um, and, and and we just, in general, saw like a really good lead side um, in the build-up as well. I think they moved to like a really deep, like they had their two centre-backs really deep besides their keeper. Um, and then their full-backs really wide and then either one or two DMs uh, as well, which helped them build out against Arsenal's press. Um, and then obviously the crowd as well at Ellen Road. So I thought like, um, yeah, although both City and Arsenal were weaker than they usually have been this season, I think... There are some things that other teams can take away from Leeds' performance and implement it in their own game. And I wouldn't be surprised to uh, see a lot more teams, like particularly Southampton or Chelsea coming up, um, implement a style similar to that.
1: Vels, in previous years, um, and I think you will relate to this very well, when uh, Klopps Liverpool were on a title charge or trying to get near the title, they were too chaotic. They, they brought control in. Arsenal in a sense, were chaotic under Arteta where they they beat Chelsea, I think, 4-2 last year when Eddie and Nketiah scored two off the bench and it was a wild game. They've had moments like that. Then they've had a game like the one against Leeds. They've also had other games this season where they've sort of battled their way over the line. Is this a case of Arsenal showing uh, the grit required? I don't want to sound like Rokeen. Um, The grit required to win a title or is this a case of we're just waiting until they crack?
4: Yeah, I think no, I think I think Arsenal have definitely um improved in the sense of their maturity on the pitch. Uh and I don't mean that like in terms of, you know, things like getting into scraps and things. I mean like just like being mature players on the pitch and, and showing some experience. And I think that like um um with with the games at home for Arsenal, they're the ones for me where I think they can probably, on their day, go and beat anyone because everything at Arsenal Football Club right now seems to be very, very good. And you see that mm-hmm. in, in Liverpool's best years. I always compare things to Liverpool because that's how like how I view football, right? But that's in Liverpool's- life. <laughs> yeah, in it, 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 Liverpool's best years, everything went so well because everyone bought into the project, from the staff in, within the club, to the manager, to the players, to the fans, everyone bought into this idea as a collective. And I think you see that at Arsenal at the moment, they're really building something special and the fans are just so onside and so on board with everything at the moment, it's going so well for them. So it, it will be those away games against Leeds and those away games against the mid-table teams and... Lower teams where 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 the, the resolve will be tested. So, like I said, they got they got through a big one today. So, uh, I, I personally I don't know how long it continues, but I I think that Arsenal are definitely um a team to be feared. Maybe I don't I don't think they necessarily challenge City this year. If I'm being honest, like when we're getting into May May end of the season, but I I don't think they're far off. I think next season, you know why not with a couple more additions potentially? I reckon they're probably a year or so away. Nube's looking at me funny.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm always looking at people funny, you know. I'm just searching for the next viral clip. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no.
4: Oh, no. Don't use me.
1: <laughs> um, what, I, what I would say is, what
2: I would say is, like, the only thing with Arsenal is that like, they could win, obviously, every, every home game. I agree. Like, every home game, they can definitely win. But what I would say is, like, they've actually got very key players if they get injured. I would say three mainly, like Gabi Jesus, um, Partey. And Saliba, and also Shaka actually. Okay. I think he, uh, well, Saka he brings as well. They have yeah, no Saka Waring. as well, actually. Yeah. They have no right winger. So if like if they get injuries to those type those players, it's like they're very much a system team. So if like I don't think some of their bench players can come in and replicate what those players do. So I actually I I like, very much agree with this point. I
3: think um yeah. I, I said last season, um like the reason why Arsenal capitulated right at the end was because their system is yeah, really quite specialist and Arteta is really good at like looking at the transfer market and finding players that he needs for his team. But I think he's less good at looking at his squad and, and the players he already has and seeing, okay, I can play this player in a unique role and play him here. Um, and that might work for my team. Uh, I think I wanted El Nenny and, and Ketia both to start far sooner than they did. And he was persevering with, um, I think, like Lakonga so. and then Chaka left mm. back. Uh, and then he was playing Lacazette as well uh, and then when he did bring in Enketia and Elneny, uh, they both like, started contributing and Arsenal started winning again so I think the difference between someone like a Spurs and someone like an Arsenal is if Spurs get injuries sort of Kane aside Kane and Son aside probably um, it's easier for players to slot in into their team because the roles are a little bit more simpler you're blocking space and then you're trying to find the players uh, in these sort of patterns that, that I've already prescribed and, and there's more space to attack with Arteta, it's a lot, I think it's a lot more complicated uh, a game plan to execute, um, which means that like, the ceiling of, of performance is higher and you can get more points. But if your key players do get injured, the players who are less familiar with that, they might not be able to replicate that and, and perform to the same level.
1: And just very quickly on Son, this, I've seen this over social media this week and it's just triggered a thought. Uh, and we'll go around the room here. We'll start with Bells, then the Day then the Mayor. Is son, world class, on his day. That's a great <laughs> answer.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, he can be. He can. He can. Like, was it the hat trick he scored a couple of weeks ago? Like those finishes, I, I get it with against Danny Ward, right? But still, some of those finishes were like, this is this is just a pure football play. You know, some when someone strikes a ball like that, it's just like well, that's a pure like a pure finish of a football. So yeah, on his day.
2: No, he's, 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 he's definitely world class. Definitely, the numbers he's put up, like last season, he was top scorer of Salah. So you can't be forgetting. <laughs> and also, I remember when I think it was like during Mourinho's time at Tottenham, when Kane was injured for like two, three months, and he was literally like carrying that Tottenham attack by himself. I um, remember. I think that was one of the best versions of Son actually that that Mourinho season. Mm. Um. So yeah, I don't. He's definitely world class, and maybe maybe he hasn't been like world class this season, but. Now, everyone goes through patches, so... And, yeah, I, mean, I, I he's definitely, they, they definitely always say about Son. Yeah. But, but I
3: will <laughs> say that I, I do think that Son's world-class. I think when you, when you... like Everyone has different definitions for what world-class is. Um, and I think, like, with Son, if I'm viewing him in, like, his best role, I think as an outlet, as a counter-attacking, sort of, inside forward or winger, he has to be world-class because he's one of the best in the world at that role. Uh, he can finish off two feet, he's quick, he links up well with his central forward. So in that role, he's world class. Um, And I think like the job of a manager or any coach is to find out which role best suits a player and, and to play them in that role often. Um, and a lot of people have like, I don't know, like criticisms of some that he's not a player that thrives against a low block or he's he's less creative than other wingers, but that's not really his role. So... I think in his mm-hmm. best role, he he has to be world class because he's incredible at what he does at his best.
1: Yeah, Bale's really sat on the fence there. Um. <laughs> no, because
4: like I I don't think they're the criticisms. He said of I'm like, not
3: going to become a clip today.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> the, the, the
4: criticisms of Son have always been there. Like he'll go through patches in a season where he just doesn't contribute and he doesn't score, and so I, that's that's where my kind of things always been. Where I don't know, like what, what, how consistent do you have to be to be world class? Where's the line?
1: Hey, I asked the questions there, you know? Um, <laughs> <Unbelievable>. no, <laughs> um I see what you're saying. The thing for me is, right? Um I think he is world class because I think there's too much of an expectancy on players to be great for 38 games. I actually don't think those players exist that frequently. Um, even the best player in the world, like someone like Kevin De Bruyne is the best midfielder in the world right now. Um, there will be moments in seasons where for six, seven, eight games, he's not at it. And that people don't go he's not world class anymore um i think he, i think there's this obsession with like if he's not ki- like on it every week he's not world class son does what he does the... yeah yeah it 100% is like mm-hmm. messi and ronaldo are the only two players in the world that i've ever seen that for every single week for five seasons and some were performing scoring goals getting assists you cannot compare anyone else to that even David, David Silver as go. well.
3: Let's not forget David Silva. He... Never hey,
1: I him. don't want to speak about him. Man. I love him so much. I love him. the greatest I, I think he's, he's an unbelievable footballer. But are you putting David Silver on the same bracket hey, as this is Messi not Ronaldo? Clip.
3: This is not a No, clip. no, no. Wait, 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 what, what,
1: what, what did you just say
3: then? I'm saying David Silver is a player who like, basically never dropped a bad game. He was week in, week out played at a great level like his max level almost every week. Um, and Thiago yeah, when no, he's fit. David is always fit. He, he played, I think he's like top no, ten no, most appearances for I'm
4: City. I'm saying, and when he's fit. He oh, and Tiago when him.
3: he's fit. That's he I prefer not to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in big
1: right, uh, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Classico. and the man who gets talked about more on this podcast than any other podcast, even more than the Brentford podcast, Ivan <laughs> Tony. <laughs>
3: I wanted to ask you a little bit about the training with England compared to the training at Brentford. How did you find it in terms of the ability of the players or how did you settle into it? Did you find it good? Yeah, you're playing with the best of the best. And uh, without being big-headed, I I didn't feel out of place. I felt like I was ready for that step. And uh, whenever it comes along and whenever you've got the chance to get minutes, I'm ready to take my opportunity. Good. Well, we hope you get there. Let's hope hope so. Let's hope so.
1: Real Madrid 3, Barcelona 1, El Clásico it's weird, actually. I'm going to just put it quickly out there so people know this for a fact. I didn't watch much of the classico because it's on at like 3.15 in the afternoon. Liverpool play at 4.30. I'm married. I can't just take six hours out of my day to just watch football on a Sunday when I do that on a Saturday and a Wednesday and a Tuesday and a Thursday. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get divorced. Um, so there's marriage <laughs> advice for you, first of all. Um, which of you guys did watch the classical? Let's be transparent with that. I, I watched it. the first yeah. half. Yeah. I watched most of it, I would say. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Come here. <laughs> did you just say I got a trim?
3: I, that's when I got a trim.
1: Yeah. Right, so some of us have real reasons to not watch big games. I <laughs> you know, my brother
3: had the United game one. Uh, oh,
1: I, you know
3: might- <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I didn't watch the much. game, but I was getting a trim.
1: Nadir, you watched the game. Uh, what did you make of it? Madrid go top uh, officially by. Uh, three points over Barcelona, Barcelona until this point had only conceded one goal this season. They conceded yeah. three in one game, uh, and I was on a show where I spoke about um, Madrid missing Thibaut Courtois and this being a ticket for Barcelona. And Barcelona's basically uh, they absolutely failed. Essentially, in the first, I did watch about twelve minutes of the first half in three little bits, um, <laughs> and Madrid were dominating every little bit that I watched. So
2: the thing with uh, first of all, I just want to say like. I think Madrid are like, they could play so bad, but still win. Like, they're that type of It's not even like... They're just like mentality monsters. That's why I always call them. Like, they're just like, they're actually like, I think they're one of the best teams when a team's under pressure. I feel like they're the best team to cope. Like, when a team's attacking them. But uh, I, I want to talk about Barca first because I think... There's a system issue with Barca, I think, because I feel like the two wide players, Dembele and Rafinha, not only do they like, they're both similar, but also I feel like they're too wide. And I feel like Lewandowski's left isolated a lot. Mm. I've noticed that I noticed that against, uh, against um, Inter. 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 Yeah, yeah. So I noticed that in both games, and I was like, Xavi needs to make it. Cl-. I feel like it's weird to sound, but I feel like Ferran Toves and Lewandowski have a much better understanding with each other. Because when he came on, he actually caused... That I've almost had like a lot of problems, I would say. Yeah, Bro, you, show,
1: said, you said Darwin Nunez is the funniest football ever. Ferran Torres is right up there, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Ferran, no, no. Torres, is actually, Ferran Torres looks clean. just sometimes. Yeah, he looks clean, yeah, but like. He looks like Yeah, He does look like Lears, actually. He proper looks like Lears. So I'm going to take it back. He doesn't look clean. He's. I think he he's more pure than Darwin Nunez, but I don't think his football IQ is much higher than Darwin Nunez.
2: I think tactically he's he's good for managers. I would say Ferran Torres, like Mm. he's like managers would like him. That's why I think Luis Enrique plays him up front. He plays him as a false nine. He plays him like out wide as well. But yeah, I thought I thought I I don't know. I think Rafinha, there's a problem with him, especially because I feel like Xavi plays him because of how much Barca bought him for, which I don't think he suits Barca now. Like right now, this second, he should not be a star. Mm. I don't think. I think I think it should have been Dembele. Uh, Lewandowski and Ferva even Ansu maybe but I don't think Ansu's been as good this season so yeah I think there's a system issue with Barca definitely definitely
1: mm. uh, Bells, you said you watched half a game
4: yeah so because obviously you told me yesterday that we're going to talk about the game today so I was like yes let me I'll put my hours in I'll watch the first half <laughs> <to visit. laughs> yeah. uh, exactly I made notes as honestly I sat, I never sit with a football match and a pen and a paper and honestly I did because I was like i I. I I don't think I don't
3: I'm like you guys it. where I I own. don't post
4: it anywhere. It's such a one. <laughs> <plan. laughs> oh my God, yeah. I, I don't think I'm like you guys where I watch like Barca Real every week and I only really watch the big games, to be honest. And so I, I was going into it with no kind of biases, no kind of preconceived ideas about how either team play or anything like that. Uh, and it, uh, for me, the first like 10 minutes were quite open. I was a bit surprised. I thought one of the teams would want to sit on the ball a bit and, and try and count things down, but it was pretty much open. And I just don't think the conditions were there for, like, Pedri and Frankie Dijon to thrive. And I really like these guys on the ball. Like, that's my type of midfielder right there, them two on the ball. But they – it was – when it was open, it was too open for them. And then when they did have possession, they they didn't have that kind of ruthlessness between uh, between them to – to make it count, and there was a couple moments where Lewandowski got in, like had good chances, and he just didn't put them away. And the difference was, you got up the other end, and Fede Valverde gets the ball on the edge of the box and just drills oh bro, it into the bottom player, corner. Man. That's He's a baby amazing, Gerard, a baby amazing. Gerard, right there. <laughs> but yeah, like.
1: <laughs> Sorry, gone. I was just going to say um, on FIFA, you know when you see the hexagon of the player.
3: Oh, yeah. He's Wasn't that Pez, is... the day, Pez, Yeah, that, that was
1: Pez as well. FIFA just <laughs> robbed it about five years later. Shout out, <laughs> FIFA. Um, he's got the perfect hexagon. Like, he's fast. He's fit. He's not strong, but he can be strong. He's got good balance. He's got good agility. He can kind of shoot sometimes. He can kind of pass. Um, he can kind of head. He can go box to box. He can play right mid, right wing, mm-hmm. centre mid, centre hold in midfield. He can probably play right centre back. He can play through the mid- He can do everything in football. Mm-hmm. Just the only fit differences, I think. He can't do it to the most elite level. Um, but he can do everything. Um, hmm. pro- I mean, actually, I've just seen Tony Cruz's tweet, and he said Fede Valverde, the third best player in the world right now. Fact or cap? I mean,
3: that's a I, I don't watch him enough to to <laughs> confirm or deny. But I will say, like a player like that, like I'll happily put them up there because I think Bernardo Silva is up there as in top three, top four, top five players in the world just for their completeness. How they can basically they can do everything. If you're a footballer, you can do everything. Like. And to a high level, like what more do you really want? So, uh, on the few occasions that I have seen Valverde, I'll put him in that bracket. Same with Bernardo Silva. I tweeted something similar about Bernardo Silva today. Uh, that style of player, I I love them. Um, so yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not mad at that. I think you can justify that. Uh, I think Cruz can justify that.
1: Uh, Nadir, you were saying, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a shout. You're saying he's in the top three best players in the world right now.
2: because no, I think because I've watched I watched Vimages, like. Not, not every week, but like let's say once every two weeks. But and I think I actually think he's been the best player in that league like this season. A hundred percent. A hundred percent I think he's been the best player in that league. If you ask any real Madrid fans, they will tell you it was it's either him or Tony Cruz that's been like their best player this season. Like yeah. he's we actually we actually made a combined eleven and we posted it this morning and we didn't put Valverde in it and it was like the comments were getting like, oh, I had to like, yeah, I, I had to leave Instagram for a bit and I was like, let me just <laughs> stay away. Like, it was getting crazy. It was a big mistake. We actually put, um, Dembele in and they were like, look, Dembele won't do nothing. your fans were telling me, Dembele won't do nothing, you know, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't, he doesn't turn up in big games, blah, blah, blah. look, for Valverde is a better right winger. I'm like, okay, let's just see what happens. And then, we saw what happened and then <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a problem. But yeah, I definitely think he's been at least top five players in the world
1: this season. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. His uh, his ability to score or like impact yeah. big games in the final third is so fascinating to me because like I've seen this guy running on goal when they're playing Atletico Bilbao, and he skies it from four yards out. Comes up against City, Liverpool. Barca, whoever yeah. he will score from thirty yards out. He's a really weird footballer. I, um, I
3: love Ancelotti because Ancelotti, he's a genius at this kind of thing. Like, I th- I'm pretty sure before the season, he basically challenged um, Valverde to score like a certain amount of goals and said that like, if you don't, like, I can't remember specifically, but it was something like, "I'll stop being a coach if you don't score this many goals," because <laughs> that's how much like he believed in Valverde to like take his game to the next level. And like, I think credit is due in big part to. Ancelotti so, like, for having faith in a player like that and then just giving them the license to go and express themselves. like You see it so many times throughout his career. I,
1: I'm yeah. always left scratching my head at Ancelotti and I don't want to go on I about it too I, much. I, I
3: think he's... I know you do like...
1: He, he's definitely your dad in his spare time. Um... <laughs> I'm reading an
3: Ancelotti <laughs> book at the moment. I'm wow. a <laughs> neek. Um,
1: I can't... Like, you know we go like Ole and Solskjaer is just vibes. Um, yeah. He, Ancelotti actually is just vibes but like all jokes aside, like, what does that even mean? Like, like you can't can go you, it'll like take a long
3: time. It'll that's it'll what I'm saying. Like.
1: How how do you go? We're going to win Champions Leagues when we don't deserve to. We're going to win leagues when we don't deserve to. They do deserve the to. It's not do.
4: vibes, yeah.
3: No, it so is they... vibes, but like vibes is too dismissive
1: like how do you quantify yeah. vibes that's what i'm saying man we've got all these sofa scores we've got fb ref and you can't study
3: yeah all these number <laughs> things in the bin we need to oh, use our elite eyes. Vibe. elite vibes
2: but, definitely elite vibes
3: yeah no because look if, if you have a, if you imagine you put vinicius in a positional play system he's never having the season that he had last season mm. he only has that season because he can combine with the players around him in a way that maximizes their quality i think Ancelotti looks at his players looks at the qualities they have and then lets them express express those qualities between each other and then build this relationship that allows them to come up with solutions uh, to unique game situations as they arise. That's why they're so good in the Champions League all the time.
1: Wait, Hold on, big man. What you just said is exactly what you criticised Klopp for.
3: I know, but I was young back then.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not
3: even lying.
1: I'm not even lying.
3: Hey, bro, you've been on this pub <laughs> criticising Klopp
1: for the same stuff.
3: No, I... I yeah, that's true, actually. But, but, but what I will say is, I think Pep's style and the positional style gives his, your players more sort of solutions. Like, you'll get less stuck with that sort of system. But I will say, ever since I started researching, like, Ten Hag, all this Brazilians like, heritage within football, like Wenger's game, I appreciate, like, what Klopp's brought to uh, Liverpool. And, like, there's a reason why you've been successful. Uh, and it's not due to a positional game. It's due to a game that relies more on like the relationships between players and then also clubs like elite defensive coaching. Um, and that's why I really rate Ancelotti now, whereas a season or two seasons ago, I didn't see it properly. Um, but yeah, now I'm preaching the word of this style.
1: Um, Bells, you were just about to say something about the Just Vibe. So I'm going to let you have that say before we talk about the most popular man on this pod.
4: No, I, I was saying it like in the sense of what Amir said, that like, vibes is too dismissive because, I again, I don't watch Real Madrid every week, but when I watch them today and when I watch them back in the Champions League final, the thing I just notice of how how good they are in different types of phases of the game. So if they need to sit back and defend as a four, as a unit, stay compact, stay tight, stay alert, they do that. If they need to be on the ball and have midfielders who can... Play, pick out a, a crazy pass. They can do that as well. If they, if the game is open and it's like a bit chaos, chaotic, and it's going left, right as well, they can also capitalize on that and break fast into space with Vinicius like running in behind. And the biggest note I I made say the commentator said it was, and the thing, the thing for me that makes them the biggest danger is that they are un, they are comfortable being uncomfortable, mm. and that is just insane. Like if you can play a game and not even
1: pass boss.
4: Yeah, not even
1: (laughs) cold. AJ Tracy on commentary. (laughs) They said,
4: (laughs) "Yeah, like not, not even like get down, get in your head, lose your confidence because the other team is on you, and then you can break the other end and be as ruthless as Valverde was today and as Benzema was as well." I can only watch the first half, but that's what I saw. That that's just insane.
1: Ah, yeah. I just, I I think what you just said there is something you can't really teach or like engineer. I think it comes with like
4: mentality. It's it's Real Madrid, it's arrogance, it's playing
1: for that that white Los Blancos. The the, the word in our languages, and I don't know anyone who speaks the same language as me, but I'm gonna put it out there for those that are listening. The word is akar, like they've got this thing, like, uh, to just, let me explain what that word is. That word is like, you walk into a room and you're not the fittest person there, but you just think you are. Like, you just, just, even if, listen, (laughs) yeah, you got the dog in you, like MJ's in the room, but you think you're the best dancer. That's LeBron James in the room. You think you, it, 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 there's just something you've got, and I think Madrid just have that um,
4: Superiorly complex.
1: It's mental, man. Like what you just said is completely to do with psychology. What I was saying is just waffle. Um, but it's basically what what, what Bell said. So if you want to Google something, don't Google the word I just said because I don't even know how to spell it. Google <laughs> what Bell <Bale> just said. <laughs> um, right, let's talk Ivan Tony um, very quickly. Lea's was on this pod a long time ago. He loves the fact that this clip is now going viral of him saying that Ivan Tony is uh, up there with the best strikers in this league. Um, Ivan Tony once again, uh, is doing what he does. Is he on the plane for England? Nadir, I'll come to you first. Are you supporting England in the World Cup? Just double checking. No,
2: nah, I'm supporting Messi. And <laughs> <I> Neymar. <name her. laughs> right. I read that. I'm right. supporting Sterling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm supporting players because my country's not there, so... Yo, exactly the same, man. Yeah, so it's like, what's the point? But, bro, Amir,
1: yeah. you're Pakistani. Your country's never gonna be there. <laughs> so I'm
2: gonna support players, bro. I'm supporting Raheem Sterling. <laughs> like, right.
1: but
3: not yet, by Tony. the way. In 2050, let me get my Maybe coaching patches, We'll be there.
2: <laughs> but Tony, in uh, yeah, I think I think um, the thing is, I think he should be there. But it's like, will he be there? That's that's the question. Because like Southgate, we all know how he is. He has his favourites, so. I definitely think he should be. I think he's... People say... I've seen people say, like, he's similar to Kane and stuff. I think him and Kane are actually quite different, actually, because I feel like he's got more... Like, more... I wouldn't say, uh, like, athleticism, but it's, like, more like... Yeah. Just more like... You know what I mean? Like, just more physically, like, imposing, I would say. Mm. Like, that goal that he scored, I think, uh, against Brighton. Was it Brighton? Yeah. It was like... It's a simple goal, but it's, like, it's such a... I don't feel like many strikers in the prem can do that the movement obviously the little the little dink as well. Like I I definitely think he should be in a plane but it was like it depends if he picks two or three strikers obviously because he might pick Tammy Abraham. One of my favorites is Callum Mawson as well. I feel like Callum is a top top striker so He is bro but like
1: he's yeah, yeah If, injury, if yeah. he played for Liverpool it would make a lot of sense. That's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> it would, uh, But definitely Tony should be in a plane. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I'm glad you backed yourself because I had your Instagram post right here ready to bait you out if you said <laughs> no. <laughs> you post saying Ivan Tony is a must for uh, England in that World Cup squad and I was ready to go. I got you, bro. Um, <laughs> but I didn't. Uh, Amir, Ivan Tony, is he definitely on the plane?
3: Yeah, for me, uh, yeah, I would definitely take him. Uh, I-, I would say I'm a little bit less... Uh, bullish on Ivan Tony than some of the people that I've seen on social media. Uh, I think his game I, I think his game is really complete for the style that Brentford play and there are less top teams that play in that sort of style um mm. then I, I just think there are less top teams that play in that sort of style. But I do think like for example if you went to Liverpool they do play in a way that could utilize his strengths uh, and he could make a step up in that way but i do think um for a lot of the high possession sides um his game might not translate as well as some people may think it will um irrespective of that i still think he's a strong player i think he's great for brentford i'd absolutely take him to the world cup um especially for his penalty record i think his penalty record, i think he's missed one yeah. in his career mm. and that was when he had a different technique and he didn't uh, slow down before he took his kick, um, and he didn't used to wait for the keeper to move, but now he waits for the keeper to move, uh, and any time he gets a penalty, he's basically guaranteed to go in. So, like in a shootout, for example, he's a perfect option uh, in a it, knockout competition.
1: T- Tim Cruel situation, you saw yeah. wondrous just to take the pen. You but say I, some th- people th- had th- complaints
3: th- about that after the Euros, um, but but I would say just in general, like a physical striker, hold a guy who can hold at the play. He's incredible attacking set pieces he can take and score them himself as well um so i think his game really suits knockout football um and i do worry like
1: how much he plays because like kane won't not play and i don't think ivan tony can play anywhere apart from as a nine so you probably it's the it's the walcott syndrome we take walcott to like euros and World Cup. i say we i'm saying (laughs) they um (laughs) they take walcott to the world cup and People are like, a sixteen year old, I want to see him so bad, so badly, and he would never <laughs> ever play. Um yeah. I don't know why England fans are like Italian, but there you go. <laughs> it like
3: Rumpelstiltskin or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey Amir, you've been on this podcast long enough to know the accents. Don't come with any <laughs> yeah, no. description of who it is. It's just <laughs> an accent. Um You mentioned penalties. Bells, you are you need someone to pick to pick. Sorry. You need to pick someone, past or present to score a penalty to save your life. Who are you picking? Because Ivan Tony's gotta be up there for a shout.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: you know the first name that came to my head was Fabinho because I just know he's got some insane record as well where he's like he's never missed but yeah, you know. I don't know if that's that's not really like a that's not an answer that gets you excited that's not one where it gets the nostalgia people like yeah you know what I mean <laughs> so I don't know if you guys think of a better one like Gerald or something wait
1: you're telling me to save your life you put in a DM to take you front <laughs> of me he's I got, got a, know a sick he record His is because
4: the... he passes the ball into the goal he doesn't he doesn't think like a striker yeah I
1: don't know, man. Like, save that's, your life. You call a DM. Good I, I think
3: that's I saw Holland. Yeah, by ha- said Balotelli as well.
1: Yeah, I would think Balotelli. Oh yeah, yeah. Balotelli has missed one though.
3: I don't he think has, there's anyone who's never missed one, is there?
1: Yeah, Ivan Toni, I think he's missed one. Oh really? I'm pretty what, sure not...
4: Fabinho has never. Years ago.
1: Yo, I'm gonna Google that right now because then I wanna. I'm gonna apologize because that's terrible behavior on my part. Um, <laughs> Fabinho I mean to be fair, if he's taken like six, then it's a bit unfair because Ivan Tony's probably taken close to thirty or forty. Yeah, I think. He's no, I can co- I can confirm. Sorry, Fabinho has uh, scored twenty four and missed one.
3: Who is closer? That's a similar record. Wow,
4: Tony. Ivan Tony's is twenty and twenty.
3: Um, who would I pick? I'd pick
1: past or present. Remember, so you can go to someone in the past. I'd pick
3: think... Callum Hudson Odoi. No, You're I'm joking. A mentor, I'm not bro. joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know what? in company <laughs> they, they call that a callback. That's like six episodes ago. Um, <laughs> who am I actually picking? I'm picking. Wow. I'm sure there's someone. Oh, I'm picking Neymar. I,
1: was, I thought I think that was just pure improv, rather than any concentration. Whatsoever. Oh, no, Neymar!
3: Name. Neymar's record is sensational, and his technique is really
1: nice as so... well. And and what do you say, Neymar's uh, record is sensational?
3: Yeah, penalty record, though. No.
1: Neymar
3: scored 46 of 52. 46 of 52. Yeah, that, that's incredible. Like his, his sample size is massive compared to all these guys who had 20, 15, 20, 25. For was 25.
1: But that's quite they, a good sample
4: size. Yeah, uh, Neymar's not taking 10 penalties to save your life. He's taking one. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, if, but he's improved. Size matter? He's,
3: he's improved throughout his career though. Yeah. Uh, this version uh, of Neymar, I'm trusting him. And if he misses, then I can say like, Neymar killed me. And that's cooler than James <laughs> Fabinho. Well, you can't say it well.
4: because
3: you'd be dead. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, who that's, are you telling? I was going to say Neymar <laughs> Colton instead of Fabinho. If Fabinho kills you, that's a, that's a sad death. Yeah. <laughs> no,
4: that's, yeah. no that my, that's my bold king. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Nadea, who are you picking? Actually,
2: this this might sound weird, but I wouldn't pick him, but like, I feel like one that's kind of underrated is James Mona. Like, I feel Ooh. like he's... Yeah, one that's kind of underrated is definitely James Milner. I think someone else um... I
1: don't know how, how that would feel though like yeah it's weird like, I, I yeah don't want to like yo who you, who you got saving your penalty someone's got a first of all someone's got a fine Milner's number and I don't think anyone has Milner's number so that's the first facts. issue
2: <laughs> no, I would uh, f- I would probably I would probably say Kane I like Kane's yeah that's a good uh, shot anything.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah Tony's
3: actually really good as well
1: yeah he is he yeah. is Looking at the records, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give it to this guy because, should I say this? Because I might get me get me in trouble. Um, you fill in the gaps. Uh, Matt Latissier has a mental penalty record, but like he might he might rock it with COVID, so that's not for me. Um, <laughs> he's had 49 penalty att- attempts and 98 uh, percent accuracy. Who would I have saving me for a pen? Ronaldo loves a big occasion. I think Ronaldo could put the weight of the world on his shoulders and bag a pen for me in the last minute. So uh, Ronaldo would be my guy. Right. Um, That's all we have time for on this pod. This has ran on a bit longer than expected, but and the producers are going to be fuming because they're not around today. They're going to be like, yo, you give us too much editing to do. I'm sorry. I don't care. Um, (laughs) Icebreaker for this one. I will get your thoughts on it, actually, because I love this icebreaker. Start, bench, sell. Kane, Benzema, Lewandowski. Um, I'll give you a second. Bell's just put a hand on her chest. <laughs> so someone's <laughs> um, going to
4: cook me. I don't want to get cooked.
1: That's what we're here for. The whole, I'm looking at the whole running order going, yo, when, when's the cooking happening? They saved it right to the end. <laughs> um, Amaya, I'll let you go first. No, you won't. <laughs> um, but... Current.
3: Like, current uh, Kane, Benzman, Lewandowski. Yeah. Uh, You'd I- say
1: they're at a pretty similar, similar level even right now. Benzman, Lewandowski yeah. and Kane.
3: If we're talking current, as in like right now, I'm taking, I'm starting Karim Benzema, I'm benching Harry Kane and I'm selling Robert Lewandowski.
1: Nadir? So
2: I'd definitely start Benzema, but I would bench Lewandowski and I would sell Kane.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's no right answer. Depending (laughs) on
2: when,
3: like when in their career it is, actually no, I'm not going to dig myself a hole.
1: No, no, go, please, please, please you so
3: far. I'll keep my list as it is. All I'm going to say is, I really like Harry Kane. Um, whoever's next, please take the floor.
1: Bell? <laughs> um, yeah,
4: I've got, I think we've all gone for the like, opposite, because I've gone start Kane, Bench, Benzema, and so Lewandowski.
1: Wow. No, I've sold What list. are the chances of that? Yeah. Um, that's everyone different. Uh, I would go start Benzema. I don't know who said this. Start Benzema. Bench, Kane, sell Lewandowski. I yeah, I said that.
4: Oh,
1: you know, the no, beauty it's... of Amir is, right, the second Amir says someone speak, everyone has to stay silent because he can't help himself but say something. And that's where that's where we pounce. That's where the clips come in. <laughs> 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 you two have been way too nice to him today. Um, guys, thank you so much for hopping on the pod. Uh, it was uh, my absolute pleasure. I've loved this one more than what I do with a producer. Producer, presenter multi-talented, <laughs> sign me up. Um, thank you very much for listening. Wherever you're listening from, because as I mentioned at the start of the pod, there are people around the world listening to the pod now. Of course, if you like the pod, then make sure you give it five stars or leave a comment. Whatever you decide to do is very much so appreciated. Uh, share the content on uh, socials as well at no rating spot. Check out the guys as well. And we will see you on the next episode, which by the way, I believe, if I'm not wrong, there's some bonus episodes coming uh, because the Ballon d'Or getting decided. England's pre- pre- preliminary squad is coming out. And the workup is around the corner and we've got some special interviews as well so there's loads coming your way so if you're new here make sure you stick around <laughs>